SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. Leading the conversation with Lerato Mukhwatle, who's a journalist, travel blogger, and author, and uh, she's uh, written the book Vagabond, Wandering Through Africa on Faith, talking about how she left South Africa for a three-month journey around Africa, which ended up being five years. Lerato, I mean, some of the travels, uh, you went through 21 countries in Africa in that five-year period, and I guess it would be very unfair to ask you which is your favorite, because that's just going to be impossible to say, right? I mean, you've got probably positives in in, uh, different uh, uh, places that you visited. But you cite Sudan, Mali, Egypt, Uganda, and Kenya as your top five. Let's talk about Kenya and what stood out for you there. I think what stood out for me with Nairobi, it's it's a feeling, right? Um, I travel so much still, and I lived on the road full time for five years, and, and for me, you know, it would be it, it's just an instinct. It's a feeling. You get out of a place you've never known, you've never been to. You step out, and everything seems to be saying you are home. You are home. Yeah. So Nairobi had a very familiar ring to it. You know, I found it very fast-paced, nitty-gritty, beautiful, ambitious. A bit, a bit heartbreaking as well. It reminded me of Joburg so much, and I, I just loved more than anything else. It's cosmopolitanism, Afropolitanism, and and African pan African identity. The streets in Nairobi are named after African leaders, mm. after um, political activists, after our history as Africans and Black people. So when you walk down the street and you look up at the corner, you are on the corner of say Tomboya and Harambe Avenue. And I've always believed that the names you see in public should tell the story of the nation, and you should not glorify those who oppressed others. It should be the story of justice, equality, victory, and so on. And in Kenya, it was just vibrating. Those first few moments in the city just seemed to to connect with my politics, connect with my identity, with my personality. I mean, I remember I was wearing a tight because I was coming from Kampala. And in Kampala, back then, you really had to to dress to cover your body, you know, even, even your legs. And... And because I had been in Kampala for so long, I was dressed a bit Ugandan. I was covered up. And then as I looked around, I saw that, no, everyone was just Vezile Tanga, Homonade. And I literally, I always had a Kanga on me. I took my Kanga, I was sitting in the back seat in a bus. I took a Kanga and I put it on my thighs and started taking out the extra layers of clothing because I was wearing a short dress with tights underneath and a few other, you know, like something else on on top of the dress to cover up. So I just took that off and, and I was in my little black dress dumping the city of downtown Nairobi. I love Egypt because it's so ancient. It has it has a tangible sense of history and heritage. When you're in, in Cairo, um, more than any other part, but when you're in Cairo, for me, I just step out of the street and it literally feels like, I mean, whatever year I'm visiting in, I've been there in 2028, 20, 2020, and 2021. 20, 20, so I would feel that I'm in these timeframes, but my body would transgress space and time. I would travel back to so many centuries ago, it would feel like I was 
bearing witness to the formations of the city and the country purely because it has not developed by annihilating its heritage and identity. It sounds like it was also a spiritual thing for you, this traveling, and we'll touch on that. Let's talk Sudan now because that's a country that's been marred with a lot of negative image because Mm. of its political turmoil. But give us positives in terms of what you saw there. Sudan is still the safest country that I went to and it's I, I, now you need to understand my travels were always safe um, and the, a, a concern for safety as a woman for me was just as it is in the context of my travels was limited to South Africa but elsewhere I moved freely I got lifts from strangers I would get into a truck I remember with two men in Mozambique I had never met them before and we were traveling long distance and I just got into that truck and woke up and I said, wake me up when we get there. Mm. <laughs> you know? Mm. So Sudan also played into that theme of safety, of being very careful by strangers, the, the generosity and kindness of strangers. But in Sudan, it had a familiarity of home about it. You know, Sudanese people are so strange. I went to visit someone mm. for tea. And, and when I left, he gave me umpago, you know, and those biscuits and sweets and dates lasted me over two weeks. And I was sharing them with other people as well as I was traveling. So yeah. you can see how generous that was. And I remember I went to visit, I went to visit someone in, um, in, in, I forget the name of the place, Dongola, but it's in, in the, 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 the Nubian part, um, of, of of Sudan, what used to be the kingdom of Nubia in that area in okay. in northern Sudan, and and we went to visit his his sister, and as a, the moment I got there, before I hadn't sat down for five minutes, the sister offered me a shower, which is very important because Sudan is in in the desert and it it um. Yeah. It's hot, and he offered me water. Not to, to just drink, but to wash myself if I want to. That level of hospitality, mm. I appreciated it so much. I didn't need a shower then, but I appreciated it so much. I know, I guess from my travels and when you ad- adventuring and discovering things, sometimes you can really be out and about the whole day in the heat and be so weary. And mm. you're not even at your house, so you can't even relax. And I believe that when someone just offers you water so that you cool yourself down before you ask for it, because yeah, you a, have been out and about, kindness, eh? yes, you have been out and about. Your intuition, yes, just your care, your need to care, as an individual, instinctively should say, "This person has come out from where it was hot. Let me keep them water." You know, mm. I don't like asking for water. I don't like making people ask for water. So that really stood out for me because in Sudan, you never ask for water. People offer it immediately at your ho- at their houses. But most importantly, there are clay jars, big clay jars all over in, in, in the streets, on street corners, outside shops, outside Emangwabeni, that people who live close to their to where they are, fill them with water throughout the day so that the water is fresh and refreshing and so that whoever is thirsty in this desert country 
doesn't have to buy water. To clay pots. There's a science that if it's it's something cool that you keep it in, it stays cool, and if it's something warm, it stays warm in that. Yes. Let's talk about then your uh, travel memoir, dry being driven by the belief that Africa is first and foremost a home. That links to the spiritual part of it, doesn't it? Let's, let's unpack that for you and how this journey ended up being such a spiritual one. I think it was always going to be a spiritual one for me. I'm a very emotional person, proudly, and I love feeling. I love being in the moment, and I love it when I do whatever it is that I do in my life, you know, even if it's just grabbing a cup of tea. I love I love it when it feels like an intense encounter, an intense moment. My travels were the ultimate because... There was a freedom to them, a sense of lightness of spirit and of body as well, of body in the sense that when you could, I was, um, I'm big. And I remember in Mali, in Jenne, I, at the hotel I stayed to enjoy sleeping on the flat rooftop under the, the sun. Mm. I, I had to climb a ladder and it was raining and it was shaky. But, you know, you really get to do... With travel, for me, and this is the magic of it, because you experience and discover so much things that I knew. You discover yourself, your body, your yeah. mind, your spirit. But the spirit happens if you are open. For me, the magic of travel is in the humility of it. I always tell people, leave your expectations at, at, at the airport. Arrive at clean yeah. plate and let the destination write itself. And by that, I mean, particularly when you travel Africa, do you travel places in the world that have a connection to Africa through um, enslavement and, and slavery, you are going to meet people mm. who embody Ubuntu. Yeah. It is just Let's talk then your, your, your book, Vagabond, because we are out of mm. time, where it's okay. available, and your social media handles, please. My social media handles are Madame Africa, my Africa is written with a K. I'm Madame Africa. And my travel memoir is available at exclusive books and online. And people can also reach out to me and buy signed copies directly from me. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your journey. We definitely need to get a hold of that book and find Thank out more. Thank you. I said that 15 minutes was far too short. <laughs> no, exactly. But I enjoyed talking to you so much. pleasure so much. Lerato Mukhwatle, journalist, travel blocker and author. So look out for that. Vagabond, wandering through Africa on, on uh, faith and then obviously on social media there, Madame Africa.